1: Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Networks Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today in Never Sleeps Network Studios. Actually, we're not in the Never Sleeps Network studios today. We're sort of on location uh, in my uh, room, my realm of excellence, but uh, we have got a great show for you today. But before we get to the show, uh, remember to hit us up on all those social media outlets, you know, whether it be the Instagram at talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram or on the Twitter, you can hit us up at T N W Pod on Twitter. We now have the Facebook page up and running finally. Uh, feel free to go there, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, watch one of the uh, all the show bios and pictures, and uh, you know the links to the iTunes are up on there, so you can hit a, click, hit us and click us go there Um, also uh, on talkingwrestling at gmail.com if you want to send us a message you can do that also remember that the uh, I haven't said this in a couple weeks but you know the postcard contest is always a go Uh, anytime you want to give us a rating and review on iTunes uh, you give us five star rating favorable review we will send you a postcard from the 80s of a vintage wrestler whether it be a Von Erich or Kevin Sullivan, or Jimmy Garvin and Precious, or uh, who else? Jesse Ventura might be there still. Uh, a lot of postcards are left. we got about 24 of those postcards left. Uh, Ten have gone out. Thank you to everyone who is has uh, given us a review and a rating. It helps the show, and uh, we appreciate you doing that with us. Um, so, yeah, get those reviews in, get those ratings in, and we, we will get those postcards out. Wouldn't it be nice Just someday you come home, hard day at work, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's the Iron Sheik in the mailbox. Cameraman, Zoom, how, how awesome is that? Think about how happy you would be if the Iron Sheik just said, open me up, you fucking jabroni, you know, the way the Iron Sheik is. And this isn't the Iron Sheik now. This isn't the Iron Sheik, crazy Iron Sheik. This is the Iron Sheik when his gut was like a washboard. We're talking about the Iron Sheik. Well, pre-Hulkamania. Well, the Iron Sheik pre-Hulkamania was the World Wrestling Federation champion. So this is what you're getting. Although he doesn't have the belt, but he does have the Iranian flag. This is something you want. Uh, Speaking of something you want... Let's get to today's show and today's guest. Uh, my guest is a good buddy with me. Uh, he, uh, he'll he tell you about himself in a few seconds, but I'll tell you a little bit about him right now. Uh, he's a comedian. He's a television personality. Uh, all-around great guy. Good friend of mine today, Ryan Horwood's on the show. Ryan, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey,
2: are you kidding me? Thanks for having me. This is awesome.
1: Awesome. Thanks for being here in the comedy wrestling hockey dojo my god Uh, this is
2: (laughs) i gotta tell you uh this is like a museum
1: it is like a museum it's like well it's like a a kid that hasn't grown up
2: well you could honestly have a date come over just sit her in your room not say another word to her and say just look around and if you don't like what you see just leave it's not gonna work
1: (laughs) because this this is
2: is your heart and your soul is on the walls and i gotta say it's a pretty badass heart and soul man you you've You really only like awesome things. Casey's actually got an entire corner uh, dedicated to the Hart family, which is awesome. It's really great. The whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of like everything that I love is in this room and framed on a wall. And everything is signed. Like, all my heroes. Every picture is signed. Well, that's the
2: thing, you know? Like, it's uh, everything. It's not just a picture of something. If it doesn't have an autograph, Casey doesn't want it. And then on top of the music that you love... The Sports, clearly a giant Islanders fan. There's actually just two bottles of what looks like really good hot sauce uh, that haven't been opened that are on a shelf, and those are just there in case.
1: Well, those hot sauces are um, from the bassist of Van Halen, Michael Anthony. That's his hot of, sauce.
2: Of course they
1: have. So I've got two bottles of his hot sauce, which I bought <laughs> when I was down in LA, uh, right there. One is in the fridge that I actually use. It's the same as over here on the Sammy Hangar Shrine. Where I have uh, a, f- a full like two full bottles of tequila and one full bottle of rum never been opened my well God. the te- actually the tequila is gone it's been opened but the other bottle up in there yeah. is uh, that bottle's 14 years old oh uh, my the God. Uh, the blue Whip bottle it's and too
2: bad that stuff doesn't get better it doesn't get better does it in time I don't think tequila that, ages that better might in time. actually just be rubbing alcohol does it get worse I don't, I don't think know. it gets worse either but <laughs> yeah You know. Well look in a zombie apocalypse, where you gotta shut shut yourself in this place. Man, you got a lot to look at. You got a bottle of booze. A couple bottles of booze, yeah. And then it's like the the stuff that you have signed that that's just right in front of us, and we were talking just before we started. Man, Ricky uh the dragon steamboat, uh, so awesome. Autograph right in my face and then everywhere you look it's something amazing. Yeah. You yeah. really need to, if you want to, you know, if you need to make rent some month, maybe you just like get a lineup of have, have people come in that are fans of this stuff, <laughs> like a little museum.
1: Yeah. If you're a fan of uh, Mitch Hedberg incense, I have some on the wall, you know?
2: Yeah. Along with, uh, with again, an autograph.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, the best part about the Mitch Hedberg uh, segment of my room, which includes a, a name tag. There's random bumper uh, stickers around the room that have his jokes on them is uh, an autographed cover of his first album and then a review from a show that i was on with him so i can always say i opened for mitch Hedberg because i have the ottawa citizen review framed in my wall
2: oh man that's crazy
1: yeah and then the rest of the stuff has been donated by his uh, widow uh, lynn shawcroft thank you linny who's been nice enough to give me bags of mitch Hedberg stuff that she has a lot of.
2: See, that's what you do. You just end up loving things where you know you have some access to it because God forbid you ever become a fan of somebody who's not around to sign something for you anymore. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah. Oh, I, I tried don't to... think
2: you would do that. Oh,
1: if... I was about to get into Stephen Hawking. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no
2: thanks. Oh, my God. That's a weird well He'd make one hell of a wrestler, eh?
1: Oh, my God. Steve... Every match would be a handicap yeah. match. <laughs> and he would find a way to win because he's so smart. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. I would pay to see somebody do that in a movie or something. You know, I actually watched a guy in a wheelchair uh, kick the shit out of a guy uh, who was not in a wheelchair and it was in high school. We never let the guy live it down because this guy Carlos was whipping by us uh, at the lockers and the one guy said something smart to Carlos and Carlos stopped his wheelchair and kind of gave him a look and then backed the wheelchair up into his legs and he was tight to the wall and he went to try and step but he couldn't bend his knees and he slid down the wall and now he's on the ground and doesn't Carlos just Continue to back up and drove over his chest and then just took off but the way we looked at it you just lost a fight to a guy who couldn't move from the neck down because if a guy drives over your chest you lost that fight i think yeah yeah
1: if you get run over yeah you (laughs) get run over what was
2: his name i think it was uh, nikeo pigeon nick how could i forget that name nikeo pigeon or pigeon or something uh but we never let him live it down
1: Oh, the yeah. guy! The, the yeah. pigeons get yeah. ran over by cars every All day. All the time, yeah. This is just foreshadowing his future.
2: You just don't don't make a move like that. Don't call on the thunder. Oh, unless no. you're prepared to get uh, driven over. Keep rolling,
1: rolling, rolling. <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: he should have had some exit music or something after he like uh, he did what he did.
1: If I had a wheelchair, I would have a ghetto blaster hanging off the back, of the back two handles. Yeah, and I, maybe okay. We wouldn't need a ghetto blaster. We could just use, you know, a Bluetooth speaker and an iPod or an, I'm still dating myself. A phone and a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm like, no, mate. you know what? I'm going back to the ghetto blaster. I was blaster. with you
2: for the ghetto blaster though, just on pure looks. I think it would like uh look badass.
1: Yeah, I would be like the rock and roll Buck Zumhoff of uh wheelchair victims and I would I would <laughs> and I would not also I I'm I would just hope to have the no use of the legs. I would like the use of the upper body because yeah. I'm a really good chair dancer. Like, uh-huh. I can dance my butt off in a chair, you know, but then once I stand up, not a good dancer at all.
2: Uh, okay, yeah.
1: You know, like a chair dancer. Like, you get grooving in the chair, and next you thing know? you know, your shoulders are moving, and you're dancing, and you're, you're just in the like, chair. This
2: guy needs to get up, and you're like,
1: No. No, it's not happening. No, I can't get up while yeah. I'm getting down. Yeah,
2: see, there you go. <laughs> you and one, once it's down, leave it there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now there has never been—I I don't think ever been a wheelchair wrestler. Of course, we have on past episodes. You're
2: going to see that though.
1: issues. Maybe we've we've. I'm for equality, but there's there has been guys with one leg in the ring before.
2: I think I've seen that.
1: Zach Gowen was his name, I think. I think it's Zach.
2: Gowan. I watched a guy with one leg, and and I think he got tossed around by someone massive.
1: Oh, I, uh, well, Zach Allen used to team up with Hulk Hogan for Crying Out Loud on the SmackDown show. What's this guy
2: with the weird little baby face and his eyes are too close to get... Braun, Braun Strowman? Yes. Yeah, I think Strowman threw around a guy who only had one leg there when he was squashing everybody. Didn't that happen?
1: No, there was a guy with no chin, but... Oh, um, yeah, that guy, my God. He got famous from it. He got a career. Uh, so um, Grow a
2: beard, you know? But
1: now he's... He, uh, I don't think he's doing anything right now except for indie wrestling, Uh James Ellsworth. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zach Gowan is an American professional wrestler and promoter, and he was in uh TNA and the WWE, and he's uh, a one-legged wrestler. And his birthday's coming up, March 30th.
2: You know what? If he can do the things, well, happy birthday. Uh, I hope you get a leg. Yeah. No, just... <laughs> A leg up Uh, on the competition. Yeah, I I, I figure you probably figured that out by now. But if he's doing some of the same things these other guys are doing, and he's doing it on one leg, well, that's cool.
1: Well, he's a luchador because, like, he's 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 a high flyer. He's always hopping. He's hopping all over. That sounds like
2: you're telling a joke, you know? I know, but it is because you just get to telling me the guy's got one leg, and then you go, he's a dancer.
1: He's he's a hopper. He hops, hop, hop, hop. Like he runs the ropes, or he hops the ropes, and then he'll throw a drop kick. And, uh, well, or, or half a dropkick. Well, there's one legged dropkicks. <laughs>
2: oh, right. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's when your two legged dropkick fails. Yeah. And you intentionally right. wanted to make it a one legged dropkick. That kick.
2: was the plan the whole time.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like all your years watching wrestling, speaking yeah. of dropkicks, who do you think had a great dropkick? Who are oh, think Do you think had the best dropkicks? In
2: my opinion, the best dropkick was maybe Kurt Henning. Yes yeah, Standing like, drop kick Standing drop kick Are you kidding me It yeah. looked like It looked like a A dance move Like so, he was always so tight mm-hmm. And it looked like He could have put His toes Anywhere He wanted You know Like if you had a Drawn a circle On someone's chest The size of a pop can Yeah He looked like He could have just Tapped that spot
1: It looked so good In the video game WrestleFast 2 Oh really Like in too, grab Because you always Grab the guy by the head Yeah and that was as distant he's only arm distance away from from the person's body and he's getting his body in there yeah. and fully extending those legs and drop kicking him in the head
2: let's be honest i mean he really made a lot of it look effortless well he made you it know, look absolutely he's perfect. perfect right yeah. but but when it comes to drop kicks yeah it's it's got to be it's got to be him i think
1: um i've always been a big fan of the of the Rugeaus had great drop kicks Oh, yeah, Um, the double drop kick. uh, Ricky Martel always had a great drop kick.
2: Rick Martel had an amazing drop kick.
1: Yeah. People at home are like, there he goes with those fucking French Canadian wrestlers again. I love French Canadian Canadian wrestlers. I'm I'm trying trying to think of now, Dolph Ziggler has a fantastic drop kick right now. Yeah. Uh, Probably the best drop kick going that I can think of. I
2: think Ziggler's uh, smarter than he is charming and and everything like he is such a student of the game and he's so good at what he does and he's got I don't know why he's not a bigger deal
1: because he's um...
2: what is it about his personality where people don't want to get get behind him like when it's when it's uh, what's his name come on he's the one guy i hate more than anything and i I'll, admittedly so in the last couple of years i don't watch as much as i used to because they're losing me a little bit i think mm-hmm. mcmahon's losing his goddamn gourd a little bit you know what i mean and i figure like unless he hands things over to uh to triple, triple h, h uh way more because look what he did with uh with the other
1: see this is horrible because i i Who's that? Like what he's done with?
2: Well, Triple H is running. What's it called? The uh, NXT. NXT. Yes, I'll watch that most of the time now more than like because I don't have a lot of free time. So when I get a chance to sit down and watch something, I'm happier to watch an episode of NXT than I am sometimes Raw or anything, you know? Because like I think he's doing a great job with with what's going on there.
1: And now here, okay, for for me to answer your thing, you don't know why why Ziggler gets to push. Yeah. Number one, he's been there forever. He has gotten pushes. He's a two-time and world champion. And just never
2: gone all the way over.
1: Yeah, well, he's gotten over, but he just never proved that he's the guy. And the thing is, it's like, I think the people that they want champions or that they see champions are one hundred percent committed to wrestling. They are. They live. They breathe. They. That's what they're known for. They're right. WWE. Even if Cena's going out into the movies, he's still known to be John Cena. Yeah, as John Cena. We all know him yeah. as a wrestler. Oh, it's John Cena, the actor. So when you go to Dolph Ziggler, his Twitter, this is what his description of himself is. Stand-up comic. I wrestle to pay the bills. Oh, and former WWE heavyweight champion. Again, whatevs.
2: Oh, never mind then. That's my, my questions answered just with his bio on Twitter.
1: Are you kidding me? He sounds like, that's why I don't think he he's going to be world champion, because he whatevs it it's, yeah. it's what and he's not even a wrestler he's a stand-up comic
2: Well, he's not even that because well I mean he can call himself a stand-up comic if he wants but but that's like me calling myself a wrestler
1: that's like me saying that I'm a wrestling podcaster yeah a wrestling podcaster yeah. but I do stand up to pay the bills what else yeah.
2: I always don't you get pissed off when people do that when people just assume that stand-up something you can just do
1: well it's not it's uh, i often question we how are. where their minds are when they it's like do you tape your sets no obviously you don't because you're living in that moment and yeah. and then you fabricated that moment to what it was on stage yeah. for you but that's not what it was like there are so many bad comedians out there that call themselves comedians and it's it's it's, it's like there is some sort of delusion that you get on stage cuz there's a high to being on stage Oh, God. When you're in front of an audience and you're in control. That's
2: not part of why you're doing it.
1: Of, yeah, It's everything. You know, right? yeah. The, the high of killing on stage and coming off stage and feeling... Amazing yeah. is the best feeling in the world, but in Canada, it's it's crushed right away when nobody looks <laughs> yeah. you in the eye yeah. as they walk past you at the at the door on as they leave.
2: Or if it is happening, it's the it's the only thing that keeps you going in Canada because there's not much else.
1: Oh yeah, and exactly like when when you tank and doing stand up, you can't wait to get back on one stage so you can fix it. Yeah, you know it's I don't know if it's like that in wrestling. I just think you can go out. I think if you have a great match, there's nothing that beats that great match. And there must be- Oh, man, can you imagine? Can you imagine just walking into a room of 30,000 people just cheering?
2: I don't know if they alter things after pay-per-views are uh, filmed. Because I think sometimes crowd reaction, they might fuck with that. And it's only because I was at Mayhem in uh, Toronto.
1: Yeah, I was there. Yeah.
2: I was at Mayhem and- the way that arena and they didn't want it to happen like this they wanted people cheering for Goldberg and the way that arena popped for Brett when he came in and it was fucking you couldn't hear anything people were losing it for Brett and then I watched it later the pay-per-view yeah and there was a Goldberg chant on the pay-per-view and that didn't happen no so like things are weird but I can't like I remember watching like Brett come in to this the pack pack crowd and it's going crazy. You don't even. Have, you'll never have that. Even at stand up, you could play a huge theater, and it's still never going to be an. Well, maybe. I mean, Kevin Hart's doing, but like, let's be let's be real. What would that be like? You're Bret Hart. You're walking into a place. This is towards the end of a a really long career already. Yeah. And man, you know what the story's supposed to be. You know that these fans have been told like that Goldberg's their guy, and they still go. You know what? Fuck that. Brett, you're our guy. He came in and. Man, it was awesome. I can't imagine that.
1: So what? What did he come in and do? He
2: just walked in, just walking in. The place blew up. Like they didn't want that almost. Now, was it's this like, is
1: now wait? This was, is the
2: one with the steel plate under okay, the. Okay, so
1: no, this. That, so that was a mayhem. This was that was that was nitro.
2: Was it a WCW nitro? Nitro,
1: because mayhem was where he won the championship. He it was in a tournament, right? And he uh, beat I think Chris I, Benoit in the final.
2: Right. Goldberg was there.
1: Goldberg wasn't even at mayhem. But I knew you were talking about. It. I did know Was didn't it me?
2: Did they film both of them or something at the same time? No, they the were about thing? 6
1: months apart. So you were at the so you maybe, were at the you were at the Nitro that was Bret Hart's first appearance in Canada after the screw job, and it was years later. So
2: maybe that's and why
1: Everybody was going nuts. Nuts. And Bret Hart came out and cut the greatest promo. Yeah, he sang I, the national anthem.
2: But I could have swore.
1: And then the and then the the metal plate yeah. and the Goldberg spearing him in the Tai Domi shirt
2: yes yeah, so and, yeah so Goldberg was there that
1: night oh yeah Goldberg came out right. and like and speared him and okay it was, so then that's oh, what happened yeah no no like Bret Hart will often say I don't feel I've ever had I had any great moments in the WCW but that to me that and I'm you, I'm so jealous that you got to see it live that to me is one of the greatest Bret Hart moments of wrestling man it we, was when we, he's like Eric Bischoff as far as I'm concerned, you can take your contract and stick it in your pipe and smoke it, you know, because he goes, because <laughs> I quit. And that's after Goldberg's lying there because Bret Hart is so <laughs> smart, he knew he was going to get speared, so he got a metal plate made. It's so great. It's
2: so great. The, um, yeah, man, that was insane. Oh, I love that. Uh, but the there wasn't like... There wasn't one person in there that was over with Goldberg. Like nobody was, was cheering nobody for Goldberg, was cheering that, for Goldberg night. that night.
1: No, and when oh my and god! Then, but they did change
2: it. I remember watching it and, and being like, "Where is the freaking out for for Brett?" And and there was never anybody cheering for Goldberg that night. And yet now I'm hearing it. There's no way.
1: Oh, and it was just like, my god, he comes out and he's like, uh, "I love." It. He actually like sings the. He doesn't sing the national anthem he says the national anthem and it's so funny I'm like is he just reciting the lyrics to the national anthem like oh it's uh, that moment oh my god I absolutely love Uh, hold on a second I'm gonna uh, find it here I'm gonna try to put a bit it's such a long segment so I'm not gonna play everything how
2: often was the WCW coming into Canada before
1: everything changed Uh, they weren't and they only came they only came in twice even after so that's crazy Then the fact that they wasted Bret Hart you know oh, wow. it's it's very it's very sad hold on a second we'll put this on march 29th 1999 was when this happened yeah i would have been uh, 19 this crowd is going nuts for him right now hold on a second let me put it on the speaker
0: It's nice to go to a place where you see some kids in the audience, too. You sit back there all night, and you sit back and you listen to everybody. And I know everybody's all up in a big, you know, everyone's all upset about the ratings and stuff. So I'm not gonna worry about very much tonight. I think I'm gonna start off with a little bit of Oh Canada. <laughs> oh,
1: God. He's acting the best.
0: Our home and native land. True with patriot love. Love in all thy sins command. With glowing hearts, we see thee rise in the true north, strong and free. From far and wide, oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee.
1: Now you know he has American citizenship as well Right, right, right But he chooses Canada and that's what makes him so great
2: Man, to me Bret Hart might as well be Terry Fox Don Cherry, like, you know Wayne Gretzky For
0: over a year Five time World champion The best there is The best there was And the best that there ever will be
1: This, this promo gives me goosebumps if and he, i can't get if a you match listen, with anybody you got it Rick doesn't Flair, stop like if you listen in the back, back people there, are still just a losing a it the whole time. Oh, yeah. I he just said goldberg boo indifferent i
0: guess he's afraid of me you know i'm gonna get right to the point i came to the wcw to earn a reputation, not to lose it.
1: I love that line. And Mm -hmm.
0: I got one point I want to make. I want to prove that I can actually execute any wrestler I want, anytime I want. They're behind him. They're behind him. so let's cut to the chase, the franchise player. William Goldberg The man The man You big chicken <laughs> Oh so good He thinks cuz he's built You big chicken. chicken run yeah. over top of me Well I'm not going anywhere Bill Goldberg till you come out of that dressing room biting your fingernails trembling with fear cuz he could take me on right here tonight in Toronto, Canada
2: Holy God. It's it's so funny how something can bring you right back.
0: He's. I love this line. The take on Steve Austin. Well, let me tell you something. I beat Steve Austin every time I ever fought him.
1: <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true.
0: <laughs> Some kind of big, fancy, tough football player. Well, I got news for you, Bill Goldberg.
1: the the, the Ty Domi jersey. Yeah. The Ty Domi jersey. He says this is hockey country. Okay. Just when you I think like you he doesn't need to be any over. He any can't more get yet? any ov- more, more any over. Can <laughs> he takes off a Pavel Brendel jersey heck, Calgary Hitman who never amounted to anything. Yeah. And is wearing a Ty Domi jersey in Toronto. Yeah, smart. And, and Domi is still somebody. He was in courtside okay. at the okay. Raptors game the other day.
2: So is this, this is Goldberg's coming out now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I can tell you, if you hear any sort of like Goldberg fans, it was made up. It was made up. Yeah. The place got fucking awkward for goldberg man he came out and he's doing all of his his snorting and his things like that and i gotta tell you everybody was so over for brett they did this and just nothing
1: oh he hates that brett really gets speared hard though that spear goldberg spear is the most vicious goldberg's one of those guys
2: i've heard he's always wrestled stiff yes like he's always a guy that people have had to worry about getting hurt you know
1: You know, he he wrestles, he takes it seriously. He wants to make it look real. He You know, he's the type of guy who could go over to Japan and have some great matches with a lot of people. But I'll tell you right now, I was at Goldberg Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Wow. I always rave about it on the show. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen live. It's not even two minutes.
2: But they are a couple of monsters, right? But they're
1: like, and you know what? I was in the 300s nosebleeds for Survivor Series. They were huge. They were right in front of me, you know? Goldberg's Such, one so of those good.
2: weird guys too, where I, like I feel like he was out of the game for whatever reason, really like a lot sooner than I expected. Yeah, you know. And then along, I remember he was still kind of like young enough where I would say, "When is this guy making a comeback?"
1: I guess the way it worked is when when WWF uh, bought out WCW, numerous guys were under guaranteed contracts. They didn't have to go to WWF. They were getting paid regardless.
2: They are making their money?
1: Yeah. So they are making their money sitting at home. And a lot of those contracts ran out four years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, so Goldberg didn't come over with all, like, that's when the WCW invasion happened with WWE. Uh, It wasn't that great because Booker T was like the lead guy. They didn't have all the stars. No. Because all the stars were on guaranteed contracts. So you didn't see them come in till later. The NWO didn't come in till later later. Yeah. Goldberg definitely didn't come in till later. And then when they brought Goldberg in, they repackaged him and made him the WWE version of Goldberg. And it sucked. Yeah. They put him in white tights. Yeah, just brutal. And then biker shorts.
2: Yeah, just brutal. And it's
1: just like they didn't do...
2: That's where I'm talking. Sometimes, man, when Vince will make a move with a guy and give him a direction to go, I'm just like, you know, as a producer of anything... It's not the move I would make. Like you have Henning son. What, what purpose does it serve to not call Perfect Son Mr. Perfect?
1: Well, he's not, though. Well, he's not. And he never, and he, he, there's no way he could be. The only reason I think it's
2: valid is it's his son. You know, like if that's his last name and that's your son, I guess maybe, you know, if you have more respect for your dad and what he could do and you don't figure you're the same guy, but it just seems weird. Some of the.
1: Curtis Axel is all right because first his name, his first name was Mike McGillicuddy. no, yeah, that,
2: I remember Mike McGillicuddy. I remember wait, them giving him that, you know. But isn't
1: Mike wasn't Mike McGillicuddy a, a, a woman ring announcer from the eighties? I'm pretty sure she was. But the blonde-haired, fair yeah. faucet-looking woman, yeah, yeah, that her name was Mike McGillicuddy. Come on, I th- why would that Our do that? Her name, I know her name is Mike something. Why I can't remember.
2: See, it's sometimes you just shake your head and go, "Man, this kid could be awesome." But Curtis but Axel
1: makes sense because it's like it's 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 both his father's name and his grandfather's name. Oh, his grandfather. So, yeah, cuz his, yeah. his grandfather was Larry the Axe heading. Uh, so Kurt, Curtis Axel, Axe. Yeah, okay. So you kind of have both names in there. Yeah, I get- it's better fit for him. But look at he's out there with Bo Dallas, who's Mike Rotunda's son yeah you know bray
2: wyatt's
1: irs oh, son. irs God. is bray wyatt's father yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. yeah isn't that crazy
2: when and, i when i i knew that the i knew that uh bray and uh Bo dallas were, were brothers um but yeah i don't know if i
1: knew that but they're but irs is their dad irs is married to his former tag team partner's uh sister so he was t- IRS, not Million Dollar Man, but he was tag team partners also with uh, Mike and Barry Windham. Oh wow! So Barry Windham, his sister is is Bray, is, is Bray and, and Bo's mom. You want to talk
2: about a pedigree?
1: Well, he gets the, he gets Blackjack Mulligan and it's his grandfather. <laughs> so he's a yeah. third. So he's also a third generation wrestler because Blackjack Mulligan huh. to IRS to. Bray Wyatt, you know what I mean?
2: It's crazy the generations that 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 Russell and stuff. I always think of like uh them forcing uh and I'm going to say forcing cuz he never looked like he fucking enjoyed it, but uh Flair's son that David really David Flair. Yeah, god, it was bad, eh? Yeah, he was horrible. He was horrible. And it just seemed like like he didn't even really have a choice in the matter, like But
1: you know what though? Because of where he was and who he was and his spot in the roster, um he was the guy that um sorry George Clooney but he was the guy that got to uh take uh Stacy Keebler's virginity
2: come on
1: so that different that's something that George Clooney would never have tagged on oh wow you know, but George Clooney dated Stacy Keebler for years oh wow. as we all know but so uh, still he's got one David Flair is an ex-boyfriend so
2: Flair always looked like a like to me like a slow version of 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 Rick you know like well he's he, nothing like Rick yeah
1: and it, and and the thing is is like who knew that the greatest like Reed Flair also tried to go into wrestling and failed this is
2: the is that the brother that passed away
1: yeah that passed away yeah. I think it was an overdose or whatever right. uh, but Charlotte Flair that there you go she's, she's talented she is an amazing wrestler she's an amazing talent an amazing performer yeah. and um, she's at the level that keeps the Flair to, the other guys they might have had the Flair name yeah but they did not earn. they did not earn the Flair name like they did not whereas Charlotte she yeah, she was pegged for greatness because of her size and her athletic ability, but she had to learn everything that she's done in the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, kudos to Hunter uh, and the and the people at the Performance Center because she is so amazing, and she's the top girl in wrestling as far as I'm concerned. Until Ronda Rousey learns how to wrestle, oh, oh God. you know. But <laughs> right now it's Charlotte Flair. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I, what age would Casey have been? when you would have been because I don't think I I think I'm way too old now not not too old maybe but I'm definitely not in the kind of shape you need to be in Uh, but how much fun would that have been if you were at the right age to get a shot to spend a couple months at the uh, performance center you know
1: oh I could not do it Um, well I would have had to be 20
2: 20, 21
1: like in, in football shape when I was still in football shape yeah and able to take I have a very low pain threshold Like when I was um, fourteen, I was I had I was having a conversation at the factory I worked at, and I was having my hand like run across the conveyor belt, like I was just letting it go with it because I liked the feeling of the belt taking my hand away. Yeah. Except I didn't pay attention, and it it went too far. Yeah. And it hit the like the end, and it went in between the metal plate. Oh Jesus! And it's just like so my hands just getting chopped, chopped, chopped. So when they took it out. I passed out because of the pain. Yeah. So I realized very early I have a low threshold for pain.
2: No, but I don't know if uh, too many people wouldn't have passed out after having their hand There was off. no blood. It uh-huh. was just
1: pain. I just looked at my hand I just and I blacked out. Oh, wow. Well. And then when I came, that's up,
2: actually a funny angle. That's a funny gimmick. If there's a if there's a wrestler who has something that constantly makes him pass out, you know, if it's not pain but it's something that makes him just faint, yeah, that would be amazing. <sighs> yeah, yeah you know? like
1: blood. It was blood. Yeah, he's wrestling in the and era now so, yeah. where there's no blood. <laughs> yeah, and then blood. He's like, ah, and he, and passes, he, out. And he passes out. And he's just like totally passes out. The ref is like, uh, pin him. You yeah, know, yeah. like. We'll end the match early. <laughs> oh, like what fine. would you do? What would you do if that happened?
2: Man, I've watched some of that show. What is that the the show where they show the kids trying to make it to the big show? Uh, it's on Tough Enough? Tough tough enough, yeah. Is those? it tough enough? No, because it's a more recent show. Oh, okay. It's like uh, I think it's like a back behind the scenes thing for NXT and Mm -hmm. the kids that are trying to come up in NXT. So they're not actually getting matches yet. It's on the WWE network and I don't remember the name of it, but I watched enough of the episodes just thinking, this is so cool. These kids are here and it's not just figuring out the stuff in the ring, but they're having these meetings with triple H and then what's his name? Prince Albert. Yeah, Prince Albert. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Whatever his name is, uh, and it's meetings with those guys to work on their character and everything, and to work on their in-ring yeah. persona. And fuck, man, that's that's the fun part for me because, like, I was a big uh, you know heroes and villains generation. You know where where it wasn't so much like like the Degeneration X uh, and and that kind of like uh, what what was that what was that called the.
1: Suck it! What? Yeah, like oh, the, the attitude era.
2: The attitude era. I never really got into that the way that I I got into it when there was clear heroes and villains, and uh and I, I guess I always just like that. I always just like that a little bit more. But that was,
1: era right before the era right before um the attitude era, where it seems like everyone had a job. That like was a side weird, job, eh? yeah, yeah. Like, Isaac
2: Yankum and and there was and the hockey player and, and
1: Duke the Drumpeters Drozy. Yeah, he was a yeah. garbage man. Godwin. You had the pig farmers, pig the, farmer, gar- the Godwins. Godwins. Um,
2: that was a crazy match, eh? The Godwins and Triple H.
1: Yeah, the slop drop. W- yeah, match. the
2: slop drop match where like they were spiking each other into a pig pen. <laughs> but I remember just watching that, and and when I think of that match, I think of how hard they were going. The
1: two of them were going hard. Henry Godwin was a big guy. That's it. He was
2: big, right? So when the two of them... I know Triple H, I think he... Well, that
1: was the year of punishment for him. uh, When he was... uh, He was supposed to become king of the ring. And because the click said goodbye in the famous uh, New York curtain call at Madison Square Garden. Oh, right, right. They were all wrestling each other. But they knew this is our last night together because Hall and Nash are going south to WCW. So they all took their moment, and they all took their curtain call. But the thing, the thing is, is Vince could not punish Hall or Nash, because they're gone. So I had to punish and somebody. And uh, he can't punish Heartbreak Kid, because he's the top guy. Yeah. So Hunter, his um, evolution, he go to say.
2: He took all that on the chin.
1: He, he's the guy that paid for that moment. And uh, he was supposed to win King of the Ring. He did not win King of the Ring. And he was putting, you know, a year long feud with Henry Godwin in slop drop matches and wrestling in mud and like Vince really it put it like to him.
2: Such a Vince thing to say. I don't care. Create a wrestler. I want this guy rolling around in pig shit.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and it, hey, and he paid for that year, and I'm sure the fact that he paid for that year and he sucked it up and didn't complain about it and just did it, and then won King of the Ring, and then went on to become the Hunter, yeah. the Great Champion, then the X, and everything. All the champion afterwards. I think. Vince and him probably both agree. Like, look at, like, that's where Vince knew, like, this guy is good. He's good to go. He's, he's committed. man. You know, and then. For the most part, company man. Oh, no. Committed, total company yeah. man. Like, he's he the guy. He
2: could have dipped too, right? Like, he uh, he would have had the same offers. He,
1: of course he would have. And right. he, he came from WCW. Right. People don't remember that.
2: I kind of do, but I don't remember what, what he would have called himself there.
1: Terrorizing. And then he was... Uh, he was also um, Jean uh, Jean. Uh, my God, what's Hunter's real name? It's they, um, g-
2: they gave him a French angle.
1: Yeah, no, oh, he was a French. He was a French, a French blue blood, type, a French uh, character. The Hunter Hearst Helmsley was. Oh yeah, Jean Paul Levesque, which is his name, yeah. Paul Levesque. Yeah. So Jean Paul Levesque was like a French. Like, I think that's probably the guy. You I remember. know, I watched a lot of
2: early WCW. You know, like. Uh, there was some of those guys that I really liked before they came to the WWE and they fucking destroyed them. Well, like,
1: Razor Ramon was Diamond's Dud in yeah, WCW. Yeah,
2: and there was a Big Sky or whatever. Uh, what was it called? No, it was a Big Sky. Who? Uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash had a... Well,
1: Kevin Nash was Vinny Vegas. Vinny Vegas, that's what it was. Which was like a million-dollar man. Yeah, yeah. Gimmick. But before that, he had the worst gimmick ever where he was Oz. Okay. They tried to make him the Grand Oz, which oh, is horrible. God, it's horrible. That's and they, so bad. they put him in a green outfit and he had a green uh, dunce cap on. Oh, my God. Oh, no, it was horrible.
2: You know who I was a big fan of? And, I, and it's so fucked that I can't remember his name because all I can remember is the bullshit gimmick they gave him when he got to the WWE. But uh, Farouk. Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons, yeah. Man, he was awesome. And I remember, like, that's when I really started watching the WCW, is when Ron Simmons was the top dog, and then they had weird thing weird things going on, like uh, Giant Gonzalez. Yes. You know, and stuff like that. Um, and then, what's his name? Sub-Zero, uh, the, what was his name, the... The Who, Glacier Glacier yeah the Sub-Zero ripoff yeah oh my god and then Malenko and, uh, and Benoit and all those guys were massive at the time
1: yeah well that's, when, that's that's definitely it sounds like you just described an episode of WCW Thunder
2: well I had the comic books that's about the same time the comic books came out right yeah I still have some of those comic books, actually. I'm going to get them to you.
1: What's that, the WCW ones? I have
2: WCW comic books from, like, 91.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, and, jeepers. Yeah,
2: I've got a couple of them that i got to get to you. And, of course, the Stinger. Stinger was the biggest thing. Stinger and Ron Simmons. and.
1: Well, I loved Ron Simmons as a tag team with uh, Butch Reed when they were Doom.
0: Oh, yeah. And they used to wear
1: masks. Yeah. But then, eventually, they, like, they took the masks off, and they didn't need them either way. And then their manager was Woman. Who was Chris Benoit's oh my God, yeah, wife, wife slash victim? Yeah. Um, you know, but that's
2: a, uh, such a sad fucking thing. You know, when when you what I read about, and you don't never want to touch on it too much because uh, that's what people do in wrestling. Something like that happens, and and that's I think one of the sadder things is that concussions put this guy in the place that he was in. You yeah, you know, and and then you made a lot of money off of him getting those concussions for for how many years, and you can't find a way to like you know at least honor him in some way or like wow. because I, I realize what he did but at the same time they said that after doing an autopsy they looked into 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 Benoit's brain and apparently Benoit had uh the brain of like an, uh, an a 97 year old 97 year old with dementia yes and that's what he's working with he's got a hundred year old brain with dementia that's from concussions oh yeah
1: he's crazy you know he's mentally ill
2: and, and that's where I'm saying is that, like, you know, uh, there's all of this, like, uh, you know, people are trying to be a lot more understanding uh, with a lot more things these days. And I feel like Chris Benoit, anyone who knew him would tell you he's not the kind of guy that wants to kill his son that he loves and kill his wife and stuff. No. And then when you go into his brain and you find out that his brain was fucking mush. Yeah. Then how do you still... How do you still treat the guy like he was uh, the guy who like he was a murderer? Like, I know he did, but. Yes. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally it, know it's what It's like, you're saying. I just feel bad for the guy because not, not only. Uh, he's been totally on- vilified. Yeah, he's been vilified as being this horrible piece of shit. When and then, he was
1: creative.
2: Yeah. I mean, your end move, your finishing move is jumping off the top ropes and hitting people with your head right there. Maybe something should have. Like an elbow. Well,
1: but this is the thing is they've learned from this 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 happening and now they take better care of the wrestlers yeah. a lot of moves are banned yeah. in the WWE like they're a big trading company right. you know so I mean there's had, some things you know, that
2: are un- unexcusable but I don't think that that after learning what people have learned about the entire situation I don't think that this is something that people shouldn't at some point not treat them like a,
1: well they don't they just it's, it's not like they treat they don't treat them like shit but they, they just, just don't mention it.
2: They just don't acknowledge.
1: They don't acknowledge it. Him or him. But it's very difficult. Like it's for me. You know, there are so many great matches, and I go back. He was and, one and of the best. He was one of the best, and I go back and I watch the match, and I can't. It's like it's it's the saddest story it's, ever. Because you, you immediately you see him. And you think of the murders, yeah, and that's that's not
2: what it's not good TV. It's not good for you,
1: you. Can never take that away, like. And they did honor him. They did they a did. three hour RAW honoring him because they didn't know the full story. Okay, so so the RAW they the RAW the next day because they they knew he died, but they, they just they put it all together. And during the three hour RAW, it's it the whole story came out, and oh, they looked wow. really dumb. Wow! For honoring um, a murderer,
2: because of course this is the murderer uh, before they've done the autopsy,
1: before they've done anything, because so they were kind of vilified for for doing for having the the you the can honor say
2: ninety seven year old with dementia and go oh that's bad, but I mean really if you think about that,
1: well here is the thing also, the person that that brought this to their attention, like the person that got the brain and took it to Harvard and studied it. Was a former Tough Enough winner, the first Tough Enough winner. Come on, Chris Nolinsky, Come who on. who had a few concussions. He, like he played football for Harvard. Right. Tried out for for a Tough Enough. Won Tough Enough. Because he was from Harvard, that was his gimmick. They played him up as being smarter than everybody else. Right. And he was good looking, and he was a good talent. But again, he had all the brains. So after a few concussions, he got out of wrestling because he realized this isn't healthy. So then he started studying concussions at Harvard. So he was the guy that got the brain. Oh
0: and wow! It I didn't realize that at all. And
1: and brought it to like look at. We've studied this brain, and this is the brain of a 97 year old with dementia, and this is Chris Benoit's brain, and they look the exact same. Yeah. The same little bruises and everything, and like, like
2: that's a you know a nearly hundred year old person.
1: Well, they say he was going crazy. He was constantly writing letters to Eddie Guerrero. And in his letters, they were saying like stuff like, you know, I'll be with you soon, brother, and stuff like that. Oh like my God. he was, he, he he was battling. Not only did he have the concussions, which and probably a lot of delusions as well, but he was also battling depression. Right. And not only that, he the pain of being on the road, well, the, the de- physical demand,
2: the dementia alone would give you depression because you can't, you can't, you know, quantify your own thought. You can't. Uh,
1: and he wasn't the type of guy that was out and vocal with everyone. He was pretty quiet and kept to himself, apparently. So, well,
2: just like any sport, uh, the WWE's changed. I mean, there was there was times where not too long ago, people are counting chair shots and guys are taking how many chair shots in the in the.
1: No chair shots over the heads in see, WWE now.
2: Now, when did that change?
1: Well, that's progress. PG. The PG era. Like, like now, wrestling has gone back to being PG it's something your kids can watch and you don't have to worry about WWE is you want to watch wrestling like more like the Attitude Era you gotta watch New Japan Ring of Honor Ring of
2: Honor now New Japan I don't expect them to make many changes only because they've been sort of like almost shoot fighting kind of vibe you know Uh, but with Ring of Honor they're still doing the multiple chair shots kind of thing
1: well they'll do chair shots and stuff like that I haven't seen a headshot, but who was it that took like
2: uh, was it Mick Foley that took all the chair I'm trying to think of who and it's it's gross like it's like I
1: I remember watching it and being and and being uncomfortable yeah
2: because it it gets to a point where there's too many and then there's like ten more
1: well there was supposed to be I don't know I think it's all in Beyond the Mat where they document it and they go and Mick goes up to the rock afterwards and says, I thought we were only gonna do nine and he's like, I know I got a little out of control. Like there was like fifteen yeah. headshots, like with no hand going up and blocking it. Yeah. Like we're very lucky Mick Foley's mind is in the Isn't, the solid shape that it is that he's still oh my with God. us and still making appearances and still I think he was just in Toronto. We're this seeing weekend. we're
2: seeing less I think you're seeing less maybe in the WWE guys getting hurt long term. There was that guy, fuck, I felt bad for him. What was his name? Puke or something like that? Oh, or Draws. yeah, Draws.
1: Yeah, Puke. Yeah. He's gonna puke. He's gonna here. Of- He's gonna, oh, oh, ah. Well, what we need you to do right here, since your name is Puke, we're gonna have you maybe, uh, what, are you feeling a little rough? You, you, you gotta puke. You gotta puke. Well, He's gotta, gotta puke. puke. And then he He's just- gotta
2: puke. Puke's on command. But that guy, he got dropped on his head from somebody, didn't he? And, he, and he's like, he was yes. paralyzed, right? From yeah, Dilo Brown. Dilo Brown. Yes. Dunn did him in, eh?
1: Yeah. Which is sad because you gotta that's a, horrible. That, that's a black mark on Dilo Brown's career, and nobody talks about how great Dilo Brown was. But Dilo Brown, I found him very entertaining. Yeah. He had a couple. He had a great running powerball. Did he
2: have weird tits or something? What was with that thing? Well, you he wore, wore something. Yeah. Was he trying to hide weird tits? Like, uh, weird.
1: I, I, Just the, the weird tits. it just makes That's like hey, the look, name of a rock band. Look,
2: Rocky Via had weird tits. Well,
1: he had to get them sucked yeah, out. Yeah,
2: exactly, right? Yeah, so that's I'm why just he wore thinking, a, a shirt. Yeah, I'm a just thinking D'Lo uh, might have had just really big nips.
1: Oh, my God. I don't imagine, even want to think of that. Imagine if... Now you won't be able to not. Anytime he had, you like, see. Double stuffed Oreos.
2: Yeah, just like uh, tea saucers. Uh, <laughs> just and
1: He's got fucking. Tea he's saucer got, he's nips. got like. Yeah, he's That'd got. That'd be something up. He's got symbols.
2: But there was guys that would. I remember hearing. Uh, what was his name? Ahmed Johnson apparently flat out hurt people.
1: He was one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life.
2: You you got to see Ahmed.
1: The night that I met Stone Cold. Well, yeah, ch- I got, I got chest to see him, like, everybody walk out. And him and Ron Simmons came out together and I oh, spoke wow. to Ron Simmons and um, I did not speak to Terry Norris because he just looked too, that's, that's uh, Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. He just looked like a bad motherfucker.
2: Just, yeah.
1: You know, he had that Crip tattoo cross on his back. On his
2: back, shoulder to shoulder. You don't fuck with that guy. You don't guy. fuck with that guy. He was fucking massive, but I, I remember hearing that he was a guy who would be stiff and, yeah. and hurt people.
1: Well, there's a lot of guys that were stiff too. Like Vader was always apparently stiff. Yeah, yeah. But if you were stiff with him, I guess he he didn't like it. Oh you yeah. Know?
2: I've actually I think I remember hearing something. You know, it's uh, the again on the WWE Network. It's uh, dinner for whatever. You know, where they sit down and they talk. Yeah. And I remember listening to Vader talk, being like, "Oh, you asshole!" Because it sounds like he loves dishing it out, but then he doesn't like taking. Yeah, it. he's really quick to complain about somebody that was a little bit rough with him.
1: Yeah, Vader, what a guy. He's uh, he's a guy that they, like, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he should be. Like, he uh, was a champion in every level that he went, except for AWA, but, you know, huge success over in Japan, and entertaining. And, yeah. you know, the guy who did a moonsault. Yeah, for his size, that's For nuts. his size, that's insane. That's nuts. You don't need to be doing going the top rope when you're... 300 and something pounds. Well, look at Brock Lesnar's moonsault. It was probably the last time his that the one shooting where star press
2: or he lands on his head.
1: Yeah, that's probably the last time almost, he went to the top rope. I
2: almost puked in my mouth watching that.
1: Oh my god, I can't I watch can't sports ha- injuries. I can't handle that no. shit
2: either. You know what the fucking worst one is ever and s- and s- s- I
1: let me say psycho Sid's leg.
2: Yes, Uh, you know, yeah, because you just know that that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, and that key came off the second rope. He doesn't even come off the. Ugh. He doesn't even come off the top rope when that happens. He's literally on the second rope and and jumps out four or five feet and then the grossest thing you'll ever see.
1: Yeah, I just,
2: oh, You know who had a bad one one time was fucking McMahon and I wish I could find the tape Boom. where he
1: blows his quads.
2: Uh, no, this was McMahon goes over the top rope and before he can get to the the mat his chin gets caught on the bottom
1: rope. You know what I mean? Like he
2: goes over, but then his head ends up underneath that top rope and between the mat.
1: And he gets sort of slingshotted.
2: Yeah, because like uh, the rest of his body goes to hit the floor and his chin gets caught on that bottom rope and wraps his head off the mat. And I I thought he was fucking dead. And Uh. I don't even know how to find that clip. But if you, I mean, if there was a highlight of Vince McMahon uh, in botched things, then that would have to be in it. Because I remember thinking, holy fuck, McMahon's dead.
1: Oh, my God, I can't even imagine, like, you know, just the, you know, any time that those ropes hurt, if you, just running off them hurts.
2: Ah, man, it's always been the dream. I've never gotten to climb into a ring, but fuck that, it'd be fun.
1: Oh, that's the best, is you go to certain indie cards, and then sometimes they'll have the wrestler in the ring, like the big name wrestler. Yeah. So you get to go in the ring. Like, I went to a TNA card uh, at the Rico Arena one time, and at the end of the show, they're like, for $20, you can get in the ring and get your picture taken with Kurt Angle. I'm like, what the fuck? Kurt like, Angle, $20. 20 bucks. I done. was like, I would pay $100 to get in the ring with get a picture with Kurt Angle. tell them that. Yeah, no, but it was the best. And he goes, and, and Kurt Angle stayed for everybody that wanted. He goes, if you want five people in your photo, $20. If it's just you, $20. That's were, awesome. So, amazing. So you get to go into a ring yeah, and you get to go ringside, and you're, I'm on the mats. I'm like, oh, the mats are squishy, <laughs> and then I get in the ring and like the ropes. I'm like, but even uh, the last one I got in the ring with was with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I've been in the ring with Bobby Lashley and Kurt Angle because I only get in the ring with legit motherfuckers. Yeah,
2: they got to be Olympic champions. You got to right?
1: be. They got to be real badass guys that can take it. Man, that would give be, it. I would. I would have a
2: ton of fun if I could. What would be your thing? And, and I know I, I'm, I
1: shouldn't be asking you
2: questions. No, but no, like, well, yes. You're. You're. So now let's say. You are who you are, but somebody takes you through a a stem cell, you know, DDP yoga workout six months from now, Casey is in the best shape of his goddamn life. And you're going to join the WWE late in life. Maybe what's your angle? What, what's give me a sense of like what happens when Casey comes out and goes down in the ring? What would be your thing? You know what? I don't know
1: because I honestly, I don't know. I, you know what? I have no idea. I've never wanted to be a wrestler. I've never even like when I was a kid you never had doing those. those well, those. I, I used to. I think I I used to dream of being a manager. Oh wow! Like, like being a mouthpiece, wearing like a what? Like okay, I always wanted to be like a manager, but there was a character from Happy Days one time called the Candy Man, oh. and he wore a white tuxedo like a Southern. Like if I could dress up like Colonel Sanders, yeah, but be heavy set like Boss Hog. Oh, if why? I can be Boss Hog, but but run my mouth wow. and have a and have a stable of bad guys, that's your dream. That's what I would like. That would be it. But I want to be able to take some bumps too, like Bobby Heenan. Oh yeah, because uh, there's no great managers anymore. There really isn't. You know, like, no, Paul Heyman is the only guy, but he's an advisor. But is he a manager? Eh, the mouth. You know,
2: guys like that, they don't exist anymore, you know? No, no. There they should don't. be, though. But sometimes it feels like the only managers you're getting are, are managers you see for three weeks, and then there's, they're not a manager anymore. It's because there's
1: it's, no, there's no, like, they just don't like managers.
2: You know how I think they really should have put over? Because before he kind of uh, did whatever the fuck he did, and now Enzo, you know, before, yeah. he, before he's done what he's done, and now he's gone. But him and uh, Big Cass, I always thought, like, when they brought them into the WWE they should have brought them in with Carmella and Carmella from the get-go should have been their manager. Yeah. And then she would have been slapping guys and drop-kicking dudes and stuff like that. And then eventually you work it so that she goes, she falls into the the women's division and she starts wrestling them. But I thought that would have been a much better way to bring her in. That's kind of
1: like what they did with China, right? Yeah. Like China eventually ended up being divas champion and wrestling women. But she, for the longest time, she was in DX, and then she wrestled yeah. men, 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 men. I and then eventually the, she went to the women. The
2: dynamic worked, I thought, between the three of them really well. And when they brought them in separately and they didn't have anything to do with each other, I thought, well, again, I think that's something you kind of, you kind of missed out on, you know? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a better vibe with the three of them.
1: Well, yeah, definitely in NXT it was, but yeah. you know what? You didn't need Carmella. And I think at the time... She was good know, on the mic,
2: right? And that big Cass is a is a big dummy. And if you can keep the mic out of his hand and put it in her hand a little bit more often...
1: Yeah. They're probably trying to figure out what they got to do with big Cass now. They got to repackage the guy probably. Because Enzo's gone. But I always thought Enzo... Now, I don't like,
2: know exactly what Enzo did, but Enzo's done enough though where uh,
1: he's gone gone. Yeah, he's he's, he's the sexual yeah. harass, the sexual assaults. and not the, not the assaults, but like just the... It's not welcome you know so anyway uh with that said i always thought enzo would have made it just a better manager than a than a wrestler like i i I often think this with the miz and i liked what that he's got the miz garage because i always thought always thought miz is like roddy piper he should be uh wrestling but he should have a like a a, a, like a a group of guys around him to protect him Like he had Orndorff and Bob, or Orndorff and you know. So he always had those guys around him, and he had a little stable, and he was the wrestler, but he was the mouth. And I kind of like that that Miz does that, but the guys that he has behind him aren't Bob Orton, no, and aren't uh, Paul Orndorff. They're the wonderful. They're the the, kids of those guys. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like they're not. But I like the way they use them. But it's he. The Miz doesn't have the power to elevate wrestlers to his level because not everybody respects the Miz. That the he the Miz is one of the best, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's so
2: weird that he came out of a reality TV show and that's where all of this came from. Like that's
1: why they don't respect him.
2: That's it, isn't Chris it? Chris
1: Benoit banned him from the dressing room when he was first started, and he had to get dressed in the in the public washroom when people are coming in and going to the seats, and they're like the Miz is in the washroom, yeah, putting his lacing up his boots because chris benoit banned him from the because he didn't come up the way they, that everyone well, else you, came up he wasn't a wrestler and i guess maybe he did something wrong but nah. chris benoit kicked him out and, but chris benoit was a bit of a bully too right yeah yeah you know so maybe that's another reason why they don't well i know? can
2: imagine that what was chris benoit like five seven if he was lucky
1: well he had short man syndrome that's it right and then you know his kid had like midgetitis or whatever he was giving his kid growth hormone trying Come to because his kid had like small man i don't know what it's called Small person yeah whatever but it's a just little like, person that's what it is but well she he wasn't a little person but he, but he had, was close yeah yeah if you look at his his kid's forehead his uh. kid looks like you know he could have been so he was giving him growth hormone as a child i guess just don't let me have a midget kid I mean Jesus. sorry I, I keep saying midget I'm so sorry no no, no sorry uh, 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 it's only we were talking on a wrestling podcast where midget wrestling has been so famous for so long yeah exactly it's hard to avoid saying that little people wrestling which sounds weird. Little people wrestling sounds weird. Yeah,
2: little person wrestling?
1: Little person wrestling? I don't little know. Little people wrestling?
2: Any way, you, any way you look at it, it's, it's going to sound a little bit different. That's something I think you could see a resurgence at some point, talking about it including everyone. There's a rich history of, uh, of midget wrestling. Or, yeah. You know.
1: Well, you know, the big show is uh, has a fear of little people. That's amazing, which is everybody beneath him. but um, you know like if, if, yeah. you're, if you're a giant isn't aren't everybody little people? Yeah so the little people must be little tiny people terrifying. compared to every So yeah, yeah so
2: everything and, that I've learned from the leprechaun movies, uh, Chucky, all these movies where kids are the bad thing, the villains. yeah, anything that's evil and moves fast and is small is terrifying wasps, hornets. And midgets, yeah, I could see that. Seven or eight of them running around. Big Show's only got two eyes.
1: Oh, he's so Big Show is like there's 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 stories of Brock Lesnar having Big Show over for dinner and then inviting like two of his midget friends, oh, fuck. and then they're there and the, and then the, he just has them torment Big Show during the entire meal. Oh fuck, that's a dinner for three. That really should be Big Show, Hornswoggle, and and, uh, and the bull from. Uh, the matadors or whatever, you know oh, El Toro. Yeah,
2: El Toro. Those are the reasons why I love wrestling is all the imagin- like the imagination and, and the crazy it's like a you know, comic books almost.
1: Oh yeah, it totally. It's just
2: with like that kind of stuff.
1: Well yeah, like when you would you know, you gotta realize that before a lot of those wrestlers are created, they draw them. Like yeah. the Undertaker was created on paper. And like we want, this is what we want. Who are we going to get to be this character?
2: Well, here is a fucking question that I never looked into myself. He's so iconically the Taker, but he would have had to have just like uh, you know Big Sexy and all these other guys, some some Vinny Vegas or something in his past. What was he before the Taker?
1: Big Marcalius. That but, was his name. Well, he was all. Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes big Mark Hallios. Yeah, just big, big Mark something. Yeah, he he dressed like sort of Kevin Nash, like the the leather pants. And oh, the, okay. And the, but he was also part of a tag team called the Skyscrapers.
2: I remember the Skyscrapers. The
1: Skyscrapers were Sid Vicious and uh. and Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid and um, Dan Spivey. But then one of them was replaced with. Mark Dance
2: Dan Spivey maybe a Psycho Sid I can't remember Psycho Sid was what 6'9 six, 6'10 six, kind of thing
1: Both guys were almost 7 feet tall And they were yeah, both yeah. jacked My god
2: man The fact that they Fucked that up And, and Psycho Sid Didn't play uh, Sabretooth at some point <laughs> My god yeah. That guy is a perfect Sabretooth in his prime Yeah And they went and got That other wrestler What was the other re- What was the wrestler They actually used Kevin Nash No the wrestler- Oh no Kevin
1: Nash Was in The Punisher That's right
2: Kevin Nash was also in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 that's crazy Kevin Nash was the super shredder oh really yeah like when super shredders underneath the dock and he's just like blasting uh, the things down yeah yeah it's Kevin Nash apparently
1: he's had a good movie career yeah those uh, magic mics
2: oh fuck man my, my favorite is seeing him in John Wick oh yeah why don't you just take the night off thank you Mr. Wick <laughs> and then he goes home
1: yeah it's great. Uh, well, we're getting to the end of this, so we're going to wind this up. Yeah, so uh, where can we find you? What's going on with you, Ryan? Where can we find you? Are you performing anywhere?
2: Well, I'm doing uh, I'm doing a charity thing in Sudbury at the start of April, which I'm really looking forward to. I like to do charity shows if I can. And uh, tomorrow night I got a show... And whether this is up or not, but uh, monthly look for a show at uh, Gatsby Speakeasy, and it's just south of uh, King Street on Bathurst behind uh, Chill Ice House, which is like uh, the only ice bar in Ontario, I think. And that show is the third Tuesday of every month, and it's always a stacked lineup.
1: Awesome. And uh, where can we find you on social media?
2: Social media, comedian Ryan Horwood on Instagram, and uh, just my name, at Ryan Horwood on, on Twitter. And uh, I think that's about it. I think I don't want any of you, uh, any of you people, looking me up on Facebook. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> Some people <laughs> like to keep their Facebook uh, private. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, hey, you can. Uh, don't forget to. Well, as far as Casey Corbin goes, uh, Casey Corbin page on uh, on uh, Facebook. Uh, comedian Casey Corbin on Instagram. Casey Corbin on all formats usually, uh, and talking wrestling at T N W Pod on the Twitter. Talking wrestling podcast on the Instagram, talking wrestling at Gmail, talking wrestling Facebook, Facebook talking wrestling.
2: Oh, uh, before we, uh, ra- I got to tell you really quick what my angle uh, would have
1: been. What would your angle have been?
2: Yeah, just crazy. I've often thought that uh, I really loved uh, mankind when he was rolling around in the uh, in the boiler rooms and yes. stuff like that. And I think having somebody look as if they're legit off the rocker somebody who's not concerned with actually winning really mm-hmm. and maybe enjoys just uh beating up on somebody where yeah. like a ref's gotta beg him to pin yeah a guy's unconscious and he goes you really just have to put a finger on him you know and he's just like he's yeah. already chasing a butterfly yeah you know like that kind of a thing sort of
1: like there was a guy um that festus festus i think it I was heard. like so basically festus was this big dumb oh like just big dumb large guy and then the bell would ring and he'd snap and he'd just go beat the shit out of them and oh, then the wow. bell would stop and then he'd go back to being a uh.
2: oh see that's kind of fun
1: so he's kind of like I thought he was kind of based on the guy from uh, of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah. Lenny? Is yeah, Lenny yeah, the guy yeah. that kills the rabbits? P- I
2: want to pet the rabbits, George. That's
1: what I kind of thought yeah. of this guy, what yeah. this guy was like, because he had a handler that sort of petted him <laughs> when he's like, you're a good boy, you're a good boy. Ding, you're not a good boy, you're a monster. And and everybody laughed at this gimmick but yeah. the guy now is back in the WWE as a different character um, and I'm sure he's very happy because he just gets to be himself yeah but always, Festus was his name
2: okay yeah but. something like that I always thought would be fun
1: well that's uh, we've, we're going out on that folks for for uh, for comedian Casey Corbin and and Festus Ryan Horwood. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for joining us and uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears for a little bit of uh, an hour or so. And uh, thank you for joining us on Talking Wrestling. We'll see you again real soon. Bye now. Never Sleeps network.